Hey everyone, welcome back to Navigating Netflix Originals. As always, I'm Madison, and as always, I'm joined by Jamie. Hello. And welcome back <laughs> to our podcast. Thank you for listening to us once again. Yes, we're very appreciative when you come back. <laughs> yeah, time and time again, we don't understand why you do, but we're very grateful for it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we thought we'd treat you all since it's the new year and we had a little bit of extra time in our schedule to a full Netflix series, which is 10 episodes, I believe, longer than our usual series even. <laughs> <laughs> Usually we tend to look for the shorter series, but we thought we'd go all out for this. Yes. So it's called Carol and the End of the World because we thought we would start off the new year by talking about the apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Very fitting. Um, so this is an animated series as well. Like I said, it's 10 episodes, I believe, running about a half hour each, I want to say. And it is about a woman named Carol who lives on a planet called Earth. Yep. And the world is about to be annihilated in seven months and 13 days from the start of the series. And it kind of deals with her struggle to embrace the end time chaos yeah. and the way that other people are embracing it. And uh, yeah, I, I really liked this series. I thought it was really interesting. There's a couple of things that I feel like they could have fleshed out a little bit better. Yes. But um, <laughs> it was, it was very interesting. And it made me like think a lot about like, if the world was going to end in less than a year, like what would I want to be doing? Exactly. Where would I want to be the thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. No. What What did you think of the series? Very much the same. Yeah, that was kind of like the running thing that I kept thinking about because we see, you know, all these people doing different things, and obviously, what Carol and her friends decide to do is kind of, you know, a, a thing that I think a lot of people would do, and we'll talk more about that. But I, I do also agree that there are some point, like some episodes that could have been. Um, or some things, some plot lines, things that could have been different, especially yeah. at the end. But I, um, yeah, we'll talk about it. <laughs> yeah. But good overall, good overall. It was good overall. I feel like, so there's a couple of things that, so like the idea is that there is this other planet that is heading like directly on an impact path towards Earth. And it kind of just appears in the sky larger than the moon one day, which if you know anything about like astronomy, like that's not how it would happen. Like it would start small as like a star, the kind of the way we see Jupiter or Mars in the sky and it would grow gradually bigger and bigger. It wouldn't just appear yeah. one day as, as larger than the moon in the sky. Um, but that's fine. We'll, we'll just suspend that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the planet itself that's heading towards earth, they show it at one point from like a, a far out panned out kind of view. And it's gotta be like 50 times the size of earth, like probably Jupiter sized planet. So the world has, has no chance. Like it's going to be completely obliterated on impact with this other planet and yeah. everybody and everything is going to be destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's no, no chance of survival. What did they say at one point? There was like 103.4% chance of impact or something yeah. like that. Um, so that's one thing that I thought like they could have mm. talked a little bit more, like more accurately about how astronomy works, but that's fine. Yeah. I and feel then, like, I feel like it could have been easily done too. That could have been like, you know, for years we have been seeing this, like, you know, something approaching and now that it's within 
like visible eyesight, like everyone's beginning right. to panic and blah, yeah. blah, blah. Like that, that could have been easily done. Like, like Jamie said, but I guess they wanted like the shock value yeah. of people being like, this is this guy today. But it's like, okay, that's not how that would happen. <laughs> Whatever. We'll let that go. The other thing that was a little strange was like how some aspects of society seem to have completely collapsed, but then other aspects like tourism and the postal service <laughs> be yeah. functioning pretty normally. Um, so like there's this weird mash of like society still sort of functioning, but then like most aspects of it have like there's no jobs, money really seems to have no value. The military is running a lot of things like the grocery stores to keep food going. But then like all these people are going on awesome trips around the world to all these tourist destinations and yeah. planes and trains and, you know, boats are all still working. <laughs> Yeah. So weird mashup of like apocalypse and not apocalypse. Yeah. On I mean, I guess like, you know, I guess one possible thing we could say is that, you know, Carol finds herself ultimately working a nine to five. So right. it's possible that there are other people that were in her similar position and ended up continuing their work regardless. And so that's how right. some of these things are able to stay up. And I guess like, you know, one of the I can imagine that one of the things that would be the most um, like frequently used would be uh, transportation and mail because everyone's True. trying to like keep in touch with their loved ones, and then you know, every, a lot of people would have that like you you know, desire to go and travel the world. And right. but yeah, I don't know if they would just do it because like out of a sense of humanity, like well, we're all gonna die, so like it's free. <laughs> just jump on any right. plane and fly around right. the world like it does seem yeah a little bit uh, i feel like it wouldn't probably happen that way i feel like there would probably just be a complete collapse yeah i think so <laughs> and, too. and not just a semi-collapse yeah um, but that's okay i feel like the world has to kind of be that way for the whole series to like play out the way that it does there has to be like some semblance of a functioning society and not just complete chaos <laughs> yeah well, and I think, I, I feel like the complete chaos is not sustainable. So maybe there are moments when that happens and everyone's kind of like yeah. crazed and running about. But like, if it's not an immediate destruction and you still have like over half a year, right. like I feel like things would eventually settle down, right? You're like, well, I got to do something to like pass the time. <laughs> what am I going right. to do? And like, they don't ever actually say how long before the start of the series that the planet did begin to appear in the sky. So it's possible that they even had like a year or two kind of notice because it seems like most people that Carol knows have already been out traveling for months yeah. prior to the start of this. So it seems like what, this is kind of already winding down towards the end. There's just over seven months left and, and maybe there, but when it first happened, there may have been like a couple of years before... Yeah impact in which case it definitely would have just been like a small star in the sky to start with but <laughs> i haven't let that go yet i see that i see that it's just such a silly thing that could have been done correctly but whatever yeah so yeah carol kind of starts out in the beginning of the series very much lost seeming like everybody in her life is going out and partying and traveling her parents have apparently embraced nudism yep. and, and a thruple <laughs> and, and are like wanting clearly to go on a 
cruise around the world, but they want to like make sure that Carol is doing okay. So she kind of lies and is just like, yeah, I've taken up surfing. Yeah. <laughs> to like mislead them into thinking that she's also embracing life. Right. Whereas in reality, she's spending her days sitting in an empty Applebee's. Yes, just like looking at the menu and wishing <laughs> life was the way that it was before all of this happened. Yeah. <laughs> Which I can see that as a path for a lot of people, though, like not yeah. really knowing what to do in, in the end times and just like clinging to the way things were before all of this happened. Mm hmm. Which is why the distraction, yes. which is what the office is called, is kind of in a very appealing option, I think, for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. And I think that would be very realistic. I think people would want that sort of distraction, that comfort. Yeah. And this... yeah. And I like think... Especially... Go, oh, ahead. go ahead. Go, go ahead. I was going to say, especially like people who were very into their work before yes. this happened who were like and that kind of seems to be the the clientele who have who have been attracted to the distraction are people who whose whole lives were around, around their work and then the planet appeared and jobs kind of just collapsed the stock market collapsed and they didn't know what to do with their lives and then carol kind of just finds this i don't know a hundred story office building where like level 17 is still functioning yeah <laughs> and uh, and they're all just like sitting at their desks doing some sort of audits on their computers from nine to five and in a very like structured, nobody talks to each other, very business-like office setting, at least to begin with. Yeah, an audit which they work on for months and months and months, and it always has 38 cents off or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's like the, the boss, I guess, of you know probably the manager, whoever was in charge of this before the planet appeared in the sky. Like the day the planet appears, he's also doing a regular audit that is 38 cents short, and he just becomes obsessed with that 38 cents and like just keeps his blinds closed doesn't look out at the planet just like becomes tunnel vision like he has to figure out where this missing 38 cents is. Yeah. and that that's why this whole business is still running is over that 38 cents but i suppose it's very possible that there are other industries that are still running that are actually helping the world to function this one is not right exactly <laughs> and it's I, I did like the realistic nature of like mm -hmm. You know, obviously the goal is the distraction. They kind of all have this silent, you know, acceptance that that's the point of this entire thing. And then, you know, Carol, who's like really just looking for a connection, comes in and slowly breaks that down into like an actual what you would what you would expect of an office space of people hanging out. They start hanging out after work eventually, you know, in the and talking in the break room and all this stuff. Right. And I feel like that's just like an inevitability. It's like yeah. human nature, I think, to seek connection. So although the realization that it is a distraction, I, I don't know. I don't think I could just sit there for nine hours or whatever yeah. doing nothing and not even acknowledging the existence of my colleagues. Right. Yeah, that that seems like an unrealistic office building. But I think they're all kind of traumatized when they, mm -hmm. they get there and they just want to pretend that the world's not ending. But I think what Carol is missing more than just the actual work is the human connection that you have in an office. Mm -hmm. And I think that probably before the planet appeared in the sky, she did have regular like meetups and happy hours, probably at Applebee's because like that's the restaurant that she was missing. And it wasn't so much like the restaurant and the food yeah. that she was missing. It was the fun times that she had at Applebee's that she was missing. 
and ultimately is able to kind of like recreate for herself and her colleagues at the end. Yeah. And I feel like it's also partly like, you know, maybe she was also in an office at the time, an office setting or whatever she was doing for work. I can't quite remember if they mentioned it, but it's like, yeah, I think like a lot of people would realize at that point when everything starts to collapse that like, kind of like Donna as well, like they've thrown themselves into work their entire life. And so then when that structure isn't there or the need or reason behind doing it isn't there, they'd be like, oh, I don't. I haven't really been living. I don't know right. how to be, how to be like alone. Right. I don't know what to do. And I feel like that would be yeah. a, a massive thing for a lot of people. It'd be very jarring because especially in the U S where like, you, you know, your work is supposed to be your life and all that. Right. So like people who just don't know what they would want to do for fun. Like if you yeah. didn't have to work at one point, there's like a, an employee who's punished with a two-week paid vacation. That's like <laughs> one of his punishments for for misbehaving in the office. And it's like, can you imagine like a two-week paid vacation being a punishment? I know. <laughs> but like, like they just don't know what the people in the distraction just like don't know what to do for fun. They don't know how to function outside of a work environment. No, and he and he spends like two days on the vacation and then shaves his head and like puts on a fake mustache and goes back. So yeah. it gets rehired. Yeah. The, the distraction will just basically hire anybody who happens to wander in, it seems. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. Another person to help look for the missing 38 cents. Yeah. I know. Like, we have to give up on the 38 cents. Like, clearly it's not balancing. At the end. At the end of the world, maybe he'll finally, right right before the planet strikes, he'll, he'll figure out where that missing 38 cents. <laughs> maybe. It's been in his pocket all this time. Right? <laughs> Give the company 38 cents of your that. <laughs> yeah. But like, he has no meaning at this point. Right. No. I think it's just that desire for perfection that he's seeking and it's not going to happen, unfortunately, yeah. for him. Well, probably in just the desire to not acknowledge what is happening in the world, too. Yeah. Yeah. Makes it more important that he finds that 38 cents. <clears throat> exactly. Although if he actually found it, like, then what would happen? I don't know. The world would change, that's for sure. <laughs> Maybe that's what's going to happen. He's actually just like intentionally making it off. And then... Maybe. <laughs> no. Just to keep, just to keep um, the distraction going. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, so eventually the distraction kind of starts breaking down. And um, Carol becomes begins making friends, which is good for everyone, I think, involved. And... Well, yeah, first she becomes, like, kind of creepy and takes everybody's, like, um, files <laughs> and memorizes everybody's names and yeah. pictures so she can, like, start calling everybody by their actual name at the office. And it seems like adding that element of humanity to the workplace of, like, somebody looking at you and saying your name, like, kind of breaks people out of this, like, total 100% work zone that they're in. And that's when relationships kind of start to form and she becomes pretty good friends with Donna and Louise and they seem to have their own little platonic thruple going on. Yes, they do. And then uh, the really the first thing that kind of links the office is the death of, was it Dave? Uh, David, yeah. David. And like, that's kind of when other people in the office start taking note because she gives like this impassioned speech and then 
after lugging his corpse around for two and a half days in Donna's trunk, they <laughs> eventually take him to get cremated and have like that little burial, like, you know, not burial, but ceremony for him. They just, because he just like dies in the office one day. And yeah. They just like find his corpse there the next day and they're like, I guess we got to take this back to his family. But then his family turns out to be kind of a shit show and probably not the kind of family that really wanted his corpse anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so then she decides that they're probably the only people that actually care that he's dead and kind of take it into their own, her own, you know, power to cremate him and have a little ceremony for him. But yeah, Donna does spend a lot of time with a dead body in her car. <laughs> she does not know about that. <laughs> yeah. I like that. that I like that. There's a, a couple callbacks to that at the end, like in the last episode, um, with uh, Kathleen sniffing the the trunk to see like what that is, and Donna even is like, "I swear to God, he better not end up in my trunk when they invite someone else to Applebee's." <laughs> oh my God! Like we, we're not planning on killing anybody, Donna. The corpse that was in your trunk you found dead, but you didn't have any <laughs> role in killing him. All right. <laughs> I thought, but, um, I thought it was but, interesting, too, that, like, I guess, like, what would you do? But, you know, we're at a point where it seems like they're not, the world's not really going to make it to actual Christmas or Thanksgiving or Halloween right. time. So, like, everyone's just kind of celebrating those haphazardly. Yeah. Um, and I guess, like, I guess I could see people doing that to, like, get people together and be like, you know, especially if you're one of those people who's planning to travel until the end of the world, like... Right. Okay, well, I'm here in March. Like, let's get together. <laughs> in March or April Christmas is what they end up doing for Donna's family. Yeah. <laughs> Which was fun. And you, and you kind of got to see a little bit behind the scenes of, like, what Donna's life had been like before the planet. And, and clearly she was just a workaholic. And she kind of realizes that she could have spent a lot more time with her family and, and her children. But there doesn't seem to be any, like, hard feelings, I guess, no. from her kids about it anyways, which was nice. Yeah. And I think she was my what I got from that is that she was kind of like a single mom of how many were there four or five I, yeah so I mean what is she really gonna you know what could she have done really yeah, to work. yeah. and they yeah they seem very um very much to acknowledge that which is good for her yeah and then in that same episode is when Carol finds that little trick-or-treater the little vampire boy <laughs> who I kind of thought like right from the beginning that like they were ultimately going to realize that he didn't have any parents or that yeah. his parents apparently just wandered off into the woods and were dancing naked around a campfire for months or something. Yeah. That's so sad. Yeah. He, his home with a pile of candy in it. Yeah. He just goes trick or treating every night, which makes me think that the, the neighbors that he does show up at, like they should have recognized this boy as like this trick or treater who shows up all the time kind of thing and not been like perplexed by who he was. <laughs> I mean, all of the neighbors had candy. Like Carol's really the only one, but I think she was also at her mom's, right? Was, at her yeah. parents. So maybe she hadn't been there to like witness that, but everyone else seems pretty normal. Like, like, like they've seen him before. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But they didn't know where he lived or true. anything like about him. But it was, yeah, I don't know. But he's adopted. He's adopted by the, the silver guy and his family. So. Yeah, silver guy who no like explanation no. of why he's completely silver and, and why he seems to have an arch enemy who's completely gold. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, why is he 
like somebody explain that in a whole episode to me, please. I know, like what? There's a whole other world going on that we're not privy to. I think. I know. I feel like there's like a lot of weird things, like just the random like nudism that happens. Like just some people decide they're not going to wear clothing anymore now that we're at the end of the world because you know who's going to stop them? Yeah, I just yeah, and it's funny because it's like like so normalized. People are out jogging in the nude and just normal interactions. Like nothing's happened. Yeah. The parents, of course, like oh Carol never I reacts to them being like, nude. She's just like so chill about it. She doesn't even like mention like, oh, you're naked again, mom. That's great. Yeah. But again, if it's been like two years since like the first sighting or whatever, or a year, she's, they probably were like abandoning their clothes early on. I feel like that wouldn't be my first instinct. In no. Just to start going naked everywhere. <laughs> no, that's true. But you know, maybe that's just me. Yeah. I, I find clothes to be comfortable. Yeah. Same. I guess, like, I I liked the episode two. I'm just kind of, like, looking at what happens after the holiday, like, with the beetle brooch. And... Interesting episode, yeah. Yeah, like, I I liked the little montage of them going through the lost and found and finding the random things that were abandoned. And you kind of see, like, the inside lives of the office workers. Yeah. And, oh, my God, the scarf guy, like, with the (laughs) coffee in the car as he crashed. Oh my god, I know. <laughs> what the hell? And and I get the impression that probably most of the items in the Lost and Found ended up there before the planet appeared mm-hmm. in the sky. And like the people who the items are connected to no longer work at the distraction. You know, they were people who left at that point and, and went out about their lives. Um, and maybe it seems like there might have been like a level in this tall um, office building that had to do with NASA because like one of the items was connected to somebody who who was the one who said that about the the planet having a hundred and three point four percent chance of hitting kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was interesting. And the weirdest part about that episode is the man at the end who'd made wooden figurines yes. of all the employees and who is the one who actually has that brooch. And then he's just like never mentioned again. <laughs> no, and I, he's just making Luis's wooden figurine make out with the brooch too. Like what? <laughs> and he, so he clearly like knows Luis is looking for the brooch and he just keeps it for his wooden figurine collection. Yeah. Although we do find out that Louise was an amazing ice skater at one point. Yes, we do. That's so funny. So that, yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> I do. I think that the whole episode kind of like makes you realize that like all of the people in the office, like the lo- the office itself is kind of like a, a lost and found yeah. for people who didn't know where to go after the planet appeared in the sky. And kind of like this this metaphor for that was kind of cool. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, the weirdest episode, in my opinion, in the entire series was Saltwater Lullaby. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, a surf, a surf odyssey. odyssey. Yeah. I don't know. Like, and I, I wrote a few notes, and then my last one is just like, I don't think I understood this episode. <laughs> yeah. Like, the whole episode seems to be a metaphor, I guess. Yeah, I think the whole... Yeah, I think the whole episode is like a metaphor about needing to to change your perspective on things to see perfection. Right. Which is a good 
message. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's like a callback to the first episode when Carol had told her parents that she was taking up surfing. And so I guess like the yeah. whole episode is like, what if she had taken up surfing and yeah. became really, really good at it and traveled all around the world looking for like the perfect wave to surf and tries, you know, meditation and yoga and tattoos and psychedelics to, like, try and find the perfect wave and ultimately realizes that the perfect wave was inside her all along. Yeah. All of them had been um, perfect waves. But um, she doesn't, like, in reality, she never gets on a surfboard in her life, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Or does yoga on a cliff. Or does the yoga on a cliff? I appreciated that. I know. I was like, oh, that's more like this. Especially when she was doing, like, tree pose on the surfboard on a wave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that my level of yoga will ever be, you know, where I can do yoga on a surfboard. <laughs> Unless yeah. the surfboard is just sitting on the ground, like, yeah. ass. <laughs> yeah. It and would... even then, it would probably be challenging. Right. No, it was... It... Yeah, that's the episode that I felt was like, like, I, I mean, I understand that. Yeah, if it was a what if, sure. Yeah. But the entire episode dedicated to like that, I felt was a bit odd. Yeah, like, I didn't understand like the point of that. Yeah, but... I think we could have easily just done without that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was it was fun to watch. I it was because at first I was like, oh shit, did Carol actually like? change and like start surfing and then quickly i was like no that's not what this is <laughs> no it's kind of like you know what if carol was like her sister elena and that's yeah, you know <laughs> yeah her sister elena oh like, that was a fun episode too like, I liked that one, yeah. to, like reconnect with her or connect with her to begin with maybe yeah <laughs> doesn't seem like we ever had much of a connection but she wants to connect with her sister before they die so they go on a hike in the forest, which is also in a desert somehow. On my birthday, on April 4th. Yeah. <laughs> and and Elena wants to like record everything and Errol doesn't want to like talk, but especially on a camera. But it seems like maybe after Elena finally puts the camera down that they, they did connect with each other a little bit. Yeah, I think they really did. And that's nice, like, it's it's nice to see that because I think that's also a realistic thing that would happen. Like people would want to try to make amends or like reach out to those people who maybe they feel like they never got a chance to like make a true connection with. Yeah. So it's kind of sweet in a lot of ways. Um, it was. I feel like that well. Yeah. And I feel like there's some realistic sibling, you know, interactions. So. Yeah. <laughs> Fighting with each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. I think I think those are all the episodes that kind of deal specifically with Carol, um, other than the very last one, yeah. the investigation, which is kind of like how how the, I, I expected the series to end with like impact. Same. <laughs> That's kind of where I was like, oh, like we're not even we still have months away from the end of the world, and this is a limited series, so it's right. done. So they're not going to come back. By the time they came back, the world would be over. There would be nothing left. Yeah. So, so I kind of like was anticipating getting to see like where everybody was on their last day, you know, knowing that impact was coming, where they all chose to go and who they chose, to, you know, to, to spend their last day on Earth with. But we don't really get to see that. We yeah. can guess. But. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, instead we get I, I did like the way that the investigation went because yeah. we have like, you know, Kathleen, as we find out her name as the HR person trying to figure out like why. Well, 
trying to quote figure out mm-hmm. from for management why everyone was bursting into tears suddenly. Right. Um, and I love that like she goes through this entire thing and then eventually she gets swayed and we find out that like the reality is that she was the one who started the like big office sobbing because right. you know someone saw her crying at the desk and right and and like her idea from the very beginning is that she thinks Carol is responsible for it because Carol is the one who kind of brought humanity and identity into the office, which led to, you know, human connection and caring about each other. And it creates, and that like knowing and caring about each other creates like pain, knowing that the world is going to end soon. Um, And so like the crying is kind of just like a result of having all these friends and close relationships but knowing still like in a couple of months we're all gonna die kind of thing yeah um but i i liked that episode a lot i just wish there had been like one more afterwards that like showed the actual end of everything same i did i really liked in in episode 10 when kathleen was talking about like the effect that carol had and she was like you know since they've been you know showing their personality and communicating there's been at least one polyamorous quad and the gradual individualization of the terries and like all this stuff (laughs) like so like um clinical about it she's trying to like be very very clinical about how she's breaking everything down but then like ultimately like the person who started crying first was her and she starts crying after carol calls her by her real name for the first time yeah and and humanizes her yeah (laughs) but um yeah like i feel like carol on her last day is gonna be at applebee's like that's where she wants to be is like at at applebee's during happy hour just pretending that it's not happening (laughs) yeah i could see that whereas i think i think a lot of people would want to be like outside kind of like watching it happen because why the heck not you're gonna die anyways yeah inside isn't gonna save you (laughs) true true yeah I guess like the only people we haven't talked about really are Eric and his son. And and the kind of the story on the cruise ship of Oh yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Um, yeah, both little side stories. Yeah, we get a little nod to like just outside um, our old stomping grounds in, yes. in Niagara Falls. Yes, our old stomping grounds. <laughs> and a lot of us have spent that much time at Niagara Falls. No, but it was, it was close. Living close. in the general region. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I like that we kind of have a, a little bit of a follow-through with Eric throughout and kind of begins with him getting creepily attached to Carol. Um, yeah, I kind of thought, like, at the beginning he was going to be, like, the, the love interest. Yeah. They don't go that route with him at all, which I kind of appreciated. Yeah, same. <laughs> but he kind of is like his wife. I think his wife left him long before the planet appeared in the sky. Um, yeah. And he has doesn't want to die alone. He wants to like die with somebody that he loves, in love with them, and so he's like almost desperate to find somebody that he's in love with, and kind of finds Carol and tells her immediately that he's in love with her, and she's like, "Whoa, okay, this isn't <laughs> what I was looking for." Yeah. So she runs, and then yeah. he goes into a depressive state. So his son makes up a story about finding the mother. Um, yeah. And they go and on a road like, trip. I'm I'm leaving. I don't want to live with you anymore. We're, I want to go and live with mom in Canada in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> but um, in reality, it f- turns out that his son hasn't had any contact with his mother either and has no idea where she is. Um, 
but I'm not I'm not really sure what his son's endgame was there. I think it was just to like get his dad out of the house and to Maybe. to force him to do something, right? Because he was Maybe. really just like wasting away for for weeks and weeks, it seemed, seems on the like, couch, yeah. right? And so after this, they kind of finally like you know, with the letter especially, Stephen understands yeah. what Eric's feeling and then they're all buddy-buddy, which is good. Yeah, that was cute. And then they kind of head off on what will presumably be a real road trip um, across the country together. And presumably they will spend their last day on Earth also together, probably out someplace watching it happen. Yeah. With their bag of trail mix. Oh, my God. Like, there's no way that trail mix was good. Like, <laughs> starting at the very beginning that he mixed it up in a garbage bag, which always have, like, a scent to them. That is garbage bag smell. So you've got that aroma. And then not, none of the things that he put in there seem to go together well. <laughs> but he thinks it's, like, the perfect trail mix. And I'm just like, no. Yeah. Gummy bears and Doritos don't mix. <laughs> Dorito dust, essentially. Dorito dust. Oh, mm. no thanks. But I guess if it's the end of the world, just eat whatever the hell you want. Because right. who cares? That's true. <laughs> but yeah. And then, yeah, and then so like Carol's parents at the beginning, yeah. after they decide that Carol is okay, they go on this cruise trip, which was supposed to take them around the world, but they're thruple guy michael i think his name is mm-hmm. accidentally like convinces the captain to just abandon the entire <laughs> and, <laughs> and so they're just left like floating out at sea without without any way of controlling the boat which is then taken over by pirates <laughs> who don't want money but they just want like the luxuries of being on a cruise ship <laughs> yeah it's want- kind of an interesting thing <laughs> yeah i was like yeah after after a life of doing all the this like hard crime and stuff and living, you know, yeah, that lifestyle. They're like, yeah, we just want to enjoy the sun and have fun. Yeah, like, well, you should have picked a cruise ship that you know wasn't completely abandoned and it still had food and stuff on it. <laughs> right, but of course, all the food on this cruise ship is rotten. Yeah, but of course, we have a very you know heroic moment where they brave a big wave and then they become friends and everything's fine. Yeah, well, first, like, yeah, the crew members, like, the the pirates fall overboard during a storm, and the crew, despite being held hostage, like, comes together and and saves the pirates, and then the pirates decide to save the crew and take them all back to land kind of thing. Yeah. So, shows, like, humanity, even for pirates. Yeah, (laughs) and then they are doing their own road trip across the U.S. Yes, maybe they'll run into Eric and Steve. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I did like in that episode, too, um, at one point, Michael um, and the parents are, like, hugging each other and saying how much they love each other. And there's, like, the waiter, I think, or someone is like, do you have room for a fourth? <laughs> so they're try- maybe yeah. they'll also be a polyamorous quad. Maybe. In the very last episode, Michael does propose to Carol's parents. So I think that he yeah. really just trusted in the two of them. True. <laughs> What a weird storyline. Yeah. But yeah, so we don't we don't really know what's going to happen. Um, to all I mean, we them. know Earth is going to be annihilated. Yeah. <laughs> but, but we don't really know where everybody will choose to be. No. Their last <laughs> yeah. And I guess, like, you know, the goal of the show is to show Carol's progress and Carol's journey. And, like, by the end, she feels content where she is. She has the That's connection. True. She has the people. 
So I guess that's why maybe that's that's the end. We don't need to see yeah. the death of everyone. I kind of think that, like, for Carol at least, the next two months or whatever was left at that point. Like, that was going to be the same. She was going to go to work. She was going to go to happy hour at Applebee's. And when the last day came, you know, she was probably going to be at Applebee's with all of the co-workers that still wanted to be there. And, you know pretending that that it wasn't about to happen <laughs> yeah exactly yeah but i feel like i would want to be outside watching it happen <laughs> yeah well i feel like well before the planet even impacted we there would be effects and you'd be killed or probably dead yeah. from like whatever well, gravitational pull i don't know and they mentioned at one point like that the earth's rotation has slowed and they yeah. have like 19 hour days and 19 hour nights but i think that's wrong i think if the the gravity was increasing on earth like our rotation would speed up not slow down i mean i'm not positive on that but that seems to make more sense to me but if there's an increase in gravity you would spin faster not slower (laughs) oh i don't know did it increase or did it slow down i don't know i don't know but um maybe maybe it would slow down that i'm not sure we need we need a physicist to weigh in please yeah, I didn't Google it at all. But <laughs> like, if the it, if the pull on the Earth is stronger, mm. that it would make you spin faster. I don't know. Not lower, but but either way, I feel like there's a good chance that what, what like life on the planet would get weird yeah. before the actual last day. There would be a lot of strange effects that might actually kill you before the planet impacted. I guess it depends on how fast it happens. Right. That seem to be if it's like a really really slow collision but we would probably just burn up entering the other planet's atmosphere in reality yeah definitely (laughs) unless it doesn't have an atmosphere i guess but it seemed to yeah it's got some it's yeah i don't know it's a weird planet it seems to be like an entire water planet (laughs) it's like full of hurricanes yeah (laughs) but yeah i mean that's pretty much the the show a sort of mishmash of end time things i guess you yeah. could say yeah um did you have any good quotes from it that you noted I did. yeah i had a few good quotes i'll have to go back to the beginning um my first one is the most precious resource we have is time don't waste it on doubts and fears yeah that was the the ceo after carol kept sending in her checks or whatever yes <laughs> yeah that was a good one i had that one too um, at the same point, I think he said, uh, life is a strange, beautiful mystery, which I thought was nice. Yeah, I like that too. Um, nothing haunts you like the choices you don't make. Mm. And that was, um, I think Michael said that to the captain, maybe. <laughs> it was when he was like accidentally convincing <laughs> him to abandon ship. Oh, whoops. But he also like, when he sees him jump, he's like smiles, so... He's yeah. kind of happy that he's doing his own thing, I guess. Yeah, I know, but he doesn't seem to. Yeah. Have the consequences. Right. Um, in the, the Beetle Brooch episode, Carol says, you know, sometimes you got to give things time to be lost before they can be found. Oh, yeah, I had that one, too. I like that. Yeah. Um, another thing that Michael says in that episode with the captain is you don't realize the true value of things until they're gone. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. The last one I had, I had already said earlier, but it was, uh, I swear to God, he better not end up in my trunk. <laughs> yeah. The last <laughs> one I have um, is Carol when she's talking about interacting with children. She says, but with kids, it's a free for all. You ask them their name and they'll say, you look sad and then forget they even said it. Yep. 
Like that's true. <laughs> Talking it's, with children is challenging. They just tell it as it is. I like how they later do. in that episode she's like, "Thank you, not thank you for not insulting me for no reason or something like yeah. that." Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, that was a cute episode. It was. Yeah, the way like Carol interacts with the vampire boy is like the way I interact with children. Yeah. <laughs> like really awkwardly. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's uh, that's Carol in the end of the world. Um, I didn't. I will say as a as a note that uh, if you can hear the squealing in the background this entire time, that is my uh, radiator. So apologies for that. It's radiating right through this podcast. It really is. I feel like I shut it out until I'm doing something like this. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that is not loud and noisy. It is really loud and noisy. I've been there when it has come on and I'm just like, what the fuck is that? Every time? <laughs> is your apartment about to explode? What is happening? Well, I think I'm always like, what is what? Like, what's happening? Yeah. What, what noise? What are you <laughs> but yeah, so Carol in the End of the World, definitely something I would recommend. It's a fun, interesting show. It is. It'll, it'll make you think about life and, and where you would want to be. When yeah, the world exactly. <laughs> but yeah, if you uh, want to let us know what you thought about that, reach out to us over on what used to be Twitter at NNO Podcast. Or you can send us an email at navigatingnetflixoriginals at gmail.com. Yeah. So yeah. hopefully there'll be less of a, a, a pause between <laughs> recordings. No no promises. No promises. Jamie again on Monday. But. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we but only yeah. managed to watch one series during your six-week <laughs> break. But <laughs> that's No, fine. we'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. But yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do something else exactly all right well thanks everyone again and until next time bye bye